0: your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day?
1: Well, it is a power day. Hello, power partners. Welcome to our party and our playground of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice American Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and we're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I've got a great show for you today today. Coming up in segment two, you'll want to turn up the volume because I have Trevor Blake coming on with His newest book, Secrets to a Successful Startup, it's a recession-proof guide to starting, surviving, and thriving in your own venture. He's only built uh, three businesses so far, uh, three startups that he sold for over $300 million. He's working on his fourth, fourth, so I think that we have something to learn from him, so I'm looking forward to that. If we get to it in segment three, we'll talk about 2020 is the year of the rat in the Chinese tradition. And in the rat year means new beginnings, renewals, a time for growth, success. And so we'll see uh, if how we can all, you know, attract success and money and relationships and advancements and everything that we want to welcome into our life as health and wealth this year. And um, and then coming up in segment one, though, we're going to talk about selling stuff. We all usually have lots of stuff that we have to get rid of, but do you know how to do it? Well, we're going to give you a few tips. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity, please visit the website btsya.org. Check out what our all-volunteer charity is doing. Be generous in 2020. It's like give plenty in 2020. Um, Make a donation, and why not? This is from John F. Kennedy. The highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. And I have to say, um, I, I definitely... Do attempt to live by the words that, uh, that I speak. I think that's, it's very important to always, you know, to live your truth, right? To live your truth. That is, um, that's really critical no matter what we're doing. So uh, let's talk about selling things you know, um, for the past couple of years since um, my mom has died and we've been, we have our ranch um, where I grew up, a big farm that we're having to put everything together and figure out what we're going to keep and donate and or sell or send to the trash. And, you know, the surprise is that so many of the kids or grandkids, there's very little that they want. They don't want the china. You know, they don't want the crystal. Um, the grandkids want the the old-fashioned marbles. They thought the, well, those were pretty cool. But the interesting thing these days is furniture and a lot of the antiques and all those things that we thought that people would want. It's not like... They don't want it, and maybe nobody else wants it. So it's reflecting that today's young adults and even middle-agers, they're not collectors like uh, some of our of us are or some of the old timers are so decluttering has really come to heart and there's not a lot of interest in having all those chatzkas and figurines and all that stuff you know that heirlooms I guess is what you'd want to call it but at the same time um, this new generation—they're living in smaller places, and sometimes they're still living at mom and dad's house. And so downsizing and not having a—you know—having a lot of things, you can only fit so much into a room. But that does mean that after you've decided when you are decluttering and you know organizing your things and going through everything, you can still donate, and then you can still sell. So sellers of most kinds of antiques and collectibles are really outnumbering the buyers though we have to say these days. So if you try to sell something, you might discover that things are worth a lot less than the time that when you bought them. And some things that were really sought after a few years ago may not even garner those prices anymore. In fact, maybe it's even less. And I have a good example of that when I first got married there were these Rockwell plates. They they were called the Heritage Collection. And, uh, you know, I guess the whole idea of that Rockwellian family thing just seemed really interesting to me. And someone gave us a plate for the first year we got married. And then I thought, oh, it might be fun to collect them. Well, for a few years, I collected these plates, and it was crazy to see how much they were worth. I mean, it was really something. And I actually thought to myself, okay, this could be, this is a good uh, investment. I should continue collecting a plate. And so each plate cost like $40 or $50. You bought one a year. So it wasn't that huge of an investment. And I thought, yeah, you know, I'm going to have something. And then one day I looked. Um, I w- looked at the prices. I and I got a book out. And that first plate that that person had given me had gone up to over two thousand dollars. And then the, sub- sub- um, the subsequent plates, they had were oh, you know, in the thousand dollar range. I thought, wow, it's amazing. Well, a few years ago, I thought, you know what? I don't like collecting plates and they're just collecting dust so I'm going to get rid of them all and I'm going to make several thousand dollars and when I contacted the place where you sell them it turns out that the plate market had completely fallen and the plates were pretty much only worth what we paid for them so there's just a story about you know not everything keeps going up sometimes they go up and then they come down So just if you're getting into the hankering of selling things, you have to be aware that uh, there may not be a market for it. Like antique wood furniture and anything associated with that fancy dining room, you know, and all the fancy meals, all the beautiful china services, the the gorgeous flatware, including silver, they haven't uh, fared so well. In fact, the values have dropped sharply across the board. Now, there are some exceptions. There are some strong items um, in certain labels or some high-end luxury brands, you know, like the Gucci handbags and the Rolexes or, you know, the fancy watches um, that are maybe some things among 1980s, 90s toys, games, fashions, music, movie memorabilia. But oh, again, so much of today's younger generation are not collecting, so uh, the things that they are collecting tend to be nostalgia for their own. So, if you're trying to think about prices rebounding to sell, you got to think again. Again, the antiques and collectibles market is like is unlikely to rebound in the foreseeable future. So, with prices in steep decline, even people who collecting are cutting back on buying, and they don't want to invest in objects that seem likely to continue to lose value. So what's the best way to sell your collectibles? First of all, you got to determine the true current value of an item. So if your goal is to sell, it doesn't matter how much you paid for it, or how old it is, or how sentimental it is, and it doesn't matter that there are similar items for sale for big bucks online um, some sellers are going to always ask for a lot of prices, but they may not have the buyers out there. So it might not even matter that the item has an impressive value in a price guide because many of the prices and guides are out of date in this fast-moving market. In fact, um, I was uh, looking at this bottle of wine recently that, um, that somebody had that was a quite an old bottle. I mean, it was like a $50 bottle. Yeah, from a very prestigious uh, winery, a reserve in perfect condition. And online, it was saying the it was worth about $400. And when I researched it to actually see what somebody was going to pay, they actually wanted to pay about $180. Well, still, you know, $180 seems like a lot of money for a bottle of wine. It's not like I'd want to pay that. However, it was quite different from what my client was, um, anticipating at 400 versus 180. So at that point, do you open it or do you sell it? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make that decision. So, okay. Uh, you can, um, you can check online sale prices. Of course, uh, you can look at eBay sometimes people will, you know, that's a lot, a place that a lot of people look, You can pay an appraiser to do a walk-through appraisal. And for that, you got to expect to pay like $125 to $400 an hour. And appraisals can take one to three hours depending on how many collectibles or how many antiques you have. And, uh, of course, where the people are coming from. If you're going to choose an appraiser, you want somebody who's certified by the American Society of Appraisers or the International Society of Appraisers. So look them up online because there's extensive training that goes into receiving those certifications. And ignore other appraisal certifications, which might just simply be obtained by paying a fee. So you want somebody who's going to specialize in the type of antiques or collectibles or things that you're selling. And in fact, sometimes a local museum might be able to recommend an appropriate appraiser. So tell the appraiser that he or she will not be allowed to purchase anything from your collection. And that's critical because you don't want an appraiser to appraise something really low and um, then want to buy it from you. The second thing is to sell smart. So where and how to sell depends on what you have, how much time you're willing to invest, and your goals. Um, If you discover that comparable items tend to attract multiple competitive bids. If you were on eBay, for example, that might be a good place. Or um, you might wanna start something and sell it below the price that other people are asking. You can also use an estate sale company and that might be the best option for items that are not in demand, for example, on eBay. And despite what they're called, the companies don't only sell estates of people who have just died. This is a selling route. It's a, a good, it's, you know, it's better bet than garage sales. Because when you go to a garage sale, you um, expect to buy something for a couple of dollars or, or even cents on the dollar But you can find estate sale companies in your area. You can also um, go to estatesales.net and then you could click on the tab that says hire a company. And most estate sale companies will work on a percentage of the sales revenues, and that's usually between 25 and 50 percent. But before you hire anybody, make sure you ask what the charges are and whether it has a professional appraiser on its staff. um, And again, you want to find out the qualifications and you want to find out how it's going to advertise your sale and you want to speak to at least Two companies before making a choice, and if the commissions you're quoted are close to fifty percent, double check whether local auction houses might be interested in any of your high value items before including them in an estate sale. And um, yeah, because so the auction places might be interested, and online there are several auction places that you can uh, check out. So check for auctions online. And if you want to keep certain items in the family for emotional reasons, um, make sure that you talk to your heirs or your relatives and, um, and give them that option because there might be Children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, you know, that may want some of this stuff and it, you know, they may be really sad if you get rid of it. So before you do talk to an auction or an estate sale uh, or, you know, put them on eBay Make sure you talk to your family and loved ones because many, maybe happy memories have been built around these things. And then, of course, if you have items that nobody wants, you can just donate them to charities. You can donate them to churches, Goodwill, Salvation Army, St. Vincent de Paul, and you get a tax deduction. And we donated so many things. I can't remember how many carloads, might be like 30 carloads to uh, all of these places, and, you know, you get a, t- a tax receipt if that's important to you. But there's there's always somebody that's probably going to want something, and I remember at a garage sale one time that we had before we moved, I, I, I just had everything out there, and I, for some reason, I just had a box of shoes, and there was only one tennis shoe, and somebody bought it. So I don't know if they planted a plant in it or what they used it for, but I can't even imagine that somebody would want one tennis shoe. I think it, it, I think they paid $0.25, cents, but still <laughs> it was like, what? You really want this and you're willing to pay a quarter for it? So I hope this will help you with a little bit of your se- uh, selling things you don't want. So check online sale prices. Uh, check out eBay. Check to see for estate sales, auction houses, and if all else fails, uh, you always have the ability to donate items to charity. So when we come back from break, Trevor Blake will be with us and we'll be talking about secrets to, access, uh, to a successful startup. Try saying that uh, three times. That's a good uh, tongue twister. Secrets to a successful startup. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style Be the Star You Are. We will be back after this break. You stay with us and turn up the volume. Be
0: the Star You Are. The Star You Are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com.
1: Well, I'm back. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and we're trying to get Trevor here with us on Star Style, and we're just having a little glitch, but uh, he'll be here shortly. So in the meantime, I am going to uh, talk a little bit about the year of the rat. So one of my colleagues at the newspaper is a, a feng shui expert, and so, and she was talking about the rat. So, I wanted just to share a few things from Michelle Duffy. So, it, this is really going to be a wild, powerful, and intense year for everyone. And it's starting now because it's called the male iron mouse or the male metal rat. That's Chinese. The male iron uh, mouse is Tibetan. Now, the rat year marks a new beginning. It's a new start and it signifies a year of profound and practical renewal. So, uh, you know, I'm not found fond of rats. This is a personal side, but. If this is going to be a great year and it is called the year of the rat, then I will say, okay, I will stick with it. Well, it looks like we'll come back to the rat um, because since I'm going to be talking about success anyway, our guest, Trevor Blake, is now with us and we're going to talk about his secrets to a successful startup. Welcome, Trevor, to Star Style. Be the star you are.
2: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm I'm also a rat, by the way. I was born in 1960.
1: Oh, you are a rat. Okay. Well, you know, this is your year then. This is going to be a great, yeah, a great year for you because this, yeah, this, uh, the year of the rat is all about being a quick study, greater vitality, fertile ground for growth, and major success. And uh, the positive rat qualities include intelligence, survival, tenacity, shrewdness, resourcefulness, adaptability, charm, passion ambition, quick-wittedness and frugality. So very energetic and it really does sound like you, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> well, I'd like to meet somebody like that, but it sounds
1: like so Yeah. Well, I'm excited to meet you. I mean because here you are and you are you're doing just that. Well, you are quite the success story, uh, Trevor. I, I love the fact that, you know, you, you talk about how you started off when you didn't know how anybody could even hire you because you didn't have the skills and blah, blah. But within usually a year, you were managing something because of your confidence, because of your discipline and, you know, because you really you worked hard at things. But now you have uh, sold. Three companies that you started for over 300 million dollars I mean that's like mind-boggling you're working on your fourth and in you've written this new book so why don't we start by just you giving us a little background of who you are and what made you decide that you wanted to be a startup I'm going to call you a guru I know you don't call yourself that but you know a startup success story
2: yeah, well, thanks and thanks for the for the the kind sort of introduction. I I always find it a bit humbling when people uh, sort of uh, you know read read off a history. It's uh, it, it's a great adventure. Life life is supposed to be an adventure. It's supposed to be a joy. And a- I've been blessed to, to have many adventures. I don't think so. Other people would describe me as a serial entrepreneur because I've I have built and sold several companies. I'm actually on my fifth, uh, not my fourth. So uh, I'm running through. Oh, you're at the on your fifth now.
1: Month. Oh, I was reading your yeah, website I'm, and it said you got to update the website. It says four. I
2: know, <laughs> I know, I know. It happens. Everything happens so fast. But you know, the, the thing about entrepreneurship is that you know the best entrepreneurs that I know, and and, and the same the same would be true in my experiences of my entrepreneur uh, career. Nobody really sets out to be an entrepreneur. They they find something that really gets under their skin for some reason. It's something that they want to improve, or it's something that doesn't exist. they wish existed, and they create a solution. And in doing that, you sort of by default become an entrepreneur. And that's really what I've what that's how I would describe my life is that uh, you know I, I let things get under my skin to the point where I want to do something about it. And even though I'm in every situation that I've had in my companies, I've been totally unqualified. Uh, to do what I've done, I've, I've, I've figured it out. And and for the entrepreneurs that I coach, I find the same thing happens. If they find something that they they want to fix, and they just start, and you know what? We humans are incredibly talented. We have brilliant brains. We figure it out. We'll find a way to figure it out. And that's where the yeah. success comes from, really.
1: Well, and you know, it's so interesting when I was reading Secrets to a Successful Startup, how you said that it's not about your passion and your ability and what you know. It's what are you mad about? What is frustrating you? What is what you know, what's the lack out there that you can't seem to find and you want to do it? And I had never thought about being an entrepreneur actually that way, because I'm definitely an entrepreneur. And although I haven't sold my companies for $300 million, but I'm constantly reinventing myself. But the, the interesting thing is, is after I read your book, I realized, yes, everything I've done is because I was upset that there was something that wasn't right, especially like this program. I just wanted positive media. I wanted to interview people like yourself who are doing great things because it's the right thing to do. And I was tired of the doom and gloom, but I never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's you
2: know, it's it's one of the there's a way to come up with winning ideas and, and and the starting point is to start to make note of all the things that make you mad and eventually you start to see patterns and you think, you know what, I want to do something about that and you you just jump in and start. Like like you've done with with your radio shows and all and all the other things you've been involved in. And, and that's why I wrote you know, Seekers to a Successful Starter because you know, when I when I sort of I like I love browsing in in um Uh, bookstores. When I browse in bookstores, there are hundreds of books written by management consultants that can make you a better manager and improve your career, but there's nothing for startups. And so many startups fail because they they all make the same mistakes early on. So, you know, that actually got under my skin. So, you know, there's a a prime example of how it works. So I thought, well, I'll write the book.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Well, you know, that's another... This is this is what's so refreshing about you, Trevor is what you, t- you know, you in your book, it's very, very uh, detailed about, you know, the business plans and just how to get going, but it's so different than everyone else. Because in fact, you know, that whole MBA approach really makes you mad. You want real people and real thoughts. And it's like, give me the elevator speech, you know, give me that 30 second pitch. Uh, give me one page of the executive summary. Um, right. I, I don't, you, you don't want all of the um the Harvard speak I guess I would call it or the Yale speak or whatever you want to call it the Ivy League speak it's just get it get it refined and get it real.
2: Yeah, it's get it real is a really good way of, sum, of summing it up because you know the only people who are interested in those things are academics and, and, and maybe the occasional investor but I I've not I've not found an investor who did more than read the first paragraph of an executive summary. It's all about it's all about you know when, when you find something that you want to fix You don't need to find the passion. It's there inside you. The motivation is right down there in the solar plexus. And you, you you know, you're, you're, you're on a crusade, if you like. And when you meet an investor or you meet a vendor that you want to to work with your business, it doesn't matter what's in the business plan. That passion and that power is so obvious in your eyes and in the, the, the the pitch of your voice and and in your demeanor that, you know, that's how you, you get success because you're, you're on a crusade to improve something or create something and everybody wants to be a part of that. And, but if you, if you start yeah, out to be an entrepreneur trying to do something you like or trying to do something you're good at, it's a different type of energy, and I don't think it's as powerful.
1: No, and you know that I I agree. I, I always say it's passion. We have to have passion. Passion is what makes our lives powerful. And when a person is passionate about something, other people want to get on the bandwagon because the the wagon is rolling already. You know, and when you're passionate, you're going to be persistent and persistence, perseverance, hanging in there is so so important. Well, let's get back uh, to some of the things about your book. Uh, one of the things that you talk about with when you're gonna have a startup is don't immediately go out and rent space and don't hire employees right away. Uh, you have a hub model, an HUB model. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, we live in a unique time. I I believe, you know, history will you know if we fast if we could get in the time machine and go forward a hundred years, history would point back to this era as being the best opportunity for people to start their own venture. It doesn't have to be in commerce, it can be in an in, in in art anything. and music. But There has never been a better time to be an entrepreneur, and it's because of a a coming together of several things, technology and communications, obviously, but also we now have the science to understand how the brain works and how to keep peak performance and how how to interact with the energy around us. And all of that comes together now so that you you can literally start today, sit at your computer and engage the world. Totally different to the way it used to be. The way of doing it in the old days was to get an office, put a fancy sign up, try and bring in some local customers, build a local clientele, then go regional. Then if you're lucky enough or good enough, go national. It's a whole different world now. And so the opportunity for absolutely anybody to start their own venture and go from zero to multi-million dollar business and achieve financial independence has never been Uh, more accessible. And and I'm passionate about it, which is why I wrote the book, but also, you know, why I try to coach entrepreneurs to, you know, just jump in and get started because you don't need a lot anymore to to become big fast. You don't need a lot of technology. You don't need a lot of money. You don't need connections. You don't need skills. You just need a really great idea and use some technology. And so I use the hub model. So so um, I spent most of my regular career sitting in meeting rooms talking about how to make employees happy, not about Mm -hmm. how to make customers happy and, not about how to, uh, how, to, how to create something that was useful or how to secure any pro- or solve any problem. It was all about keeping customers happy. And it, it you know, frustrated the hell out of me. So when I started my own company, I decided I didn't want to spend all my time sitting in meetings, keeping employees happy. I wanted to focus on growing the business. And so I created a different type of model, which I call the hub model, which is just really a, a hub of vendors. It's like a hub and spoke uh, system. So there's vendors and suppliers and, and, and contractors. And so you know I'm, I'm now on my fifth company I started my first company in two thousand and three. I have never hired a single employee. Not one. You
1: know, it's it's amazing because I remember the days and I'm sure you remember the days too, where you did have to have an office. If you worked from home people didn't take you seriously. Exactly, and yeah, exactly. you yeah. know, it was like, Oh my gosh, they can work from home. Oh uh, well, you know, they're not They're really not really in in a business, right? And now, I mean, everybody wants to work from home, which it, it makes just a lot of sense as long as you can create that office space, but to have created the business as you did and never had an employee. So... There, one of the things in um, the books, and by the way, if, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Trevor Blake. He is a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote Three Simple Steps, but his new book is Secrets to a Successful Startup. And you can hear in his voice how excited and passionate he is about this so that's very exciting. Just I love talking to passionate people, Trevor, because that's people always tell me that I'm so passionate about what I do. So I like the, to talk to other people about this. So uh, let's um, talk about not hiring employees. Now, in your book, you have a, a whole chapters about what you need to do and actually writing the business plan and all that thing. Uh, But give us just a few um, insights on how you could go about not hiring the employees.
2: Well, the the best way to think about it is if you just bought a new house, you wouldn't hire a full-time handyman to sleep in the spare bedroom just in case something went wrong. But that's typically the attitude that entrepreneurs take when I love they start that this.
1: That analogy, I thought that's hysterical because I actually have had had handyman when they say, "Oh, I have this job's going to take a few days. Do you have a spare room?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know, but the thing is, you get to, you might get to a certain point where you have ten houses, and then it makes perfect economic sense to hire a full-time handyman. But what most people do when they start a company is they they, they follow the tricks. That they've learned in their career, or, or the you know they've, they've read in all the books, or all the MBA speak that they've heard in the past, and typically they do a hierarchy, and so they hire assistants, and then. They hire somebody who's a, a functional expert in one aspect of the business, like an accountant or a regulatory guy or or, or, a, or a manufacturing guy. And of course, the first thing that person does, male or female, is hire a, a, a manager or an underling or a, you know an assistant director, or whatever they want to, whatever fancy title they give themselves. And everybody ends up hiring, hiring, hiring because it, it, it really appeals to the ego. And then you end up with this really—it's it's, it's a bit like falling into a swamp. And as a CEO, as a founder, it's so hard to to get out of that and focus on going the business. So it, it's important in the early stages that you really question yourself. Do I need to hire a full-time person? Is it essential? If it isn't essential, what? how, how can I be creative to get the same quality of services in a different way? And so, you know, I, I, came, I didn't come across this by any stroke of genius. I came across it because I raised enough money to start my first company and I had not a single dime left to spend on anything. And so I had to come up with a business model that – you know, worked only if, if, if sales go up, then fees go up. If sales don't go up, then I don't have to pay any fees. And so the hub model worked pretty well back in 2003 when we still had sort of dial up internet. Today it works absolutely beautiful because I can hire consultants who are, and vendors who are experts in every function and I can hire them anywhere in the world without actually having to go and visit them. I can do it all online. I can do it with a telephone call. I can do it through Skype. You know, it just makes it so easy to put together a team of people. And what I like about it is that, you know, in my regular career when I hired people, I hired them because they had the potential to do well in their job, not because they were already great in their job. And so I spend a lot of time training them and bringing them up to speed and, and helping them understand the systems of the company. In a startup, you don't have time for that. It's going to kill you. The cash and the time and effort you put into that is just disastrous. So, so by doing the hub model, you, you go from absolutely nothing one day to a fully functioning business the next day. And the the benefits of that are multiple. First of all, it's very profitable; it's more profitable than hiring employees. Secondly, everybody's up to speed really quickly, which you have to do because customers are not obliged to give you the benefit of the doubt simply because you don't have the right people or you need to train your people and you're not ready.
1: To right? Hire a you have to you have to know your stuff. You have to you have to be in charge there, and that's why how great it is that you can actually get the experts from anywhere in the world via, you, be, you know, you be, Skype day, you or a phone call. Or,
2: yeah, you, you, the, you have to be excellent from day one.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because people are hiring you because that's what you are. You're supposed to be the expert, not the person that is mm-hmm. just learning or on a learning curve, right? So this is why really? people aren't going to give second chances. It's just today it's too easy to get all these other great people. So if you want to thrive uh, and survive, you have to be great yourself. Well, I want to get to you are you are coaching people and you are also an investor in startups. If if the, if you're interested in them, and so people can go to your website it's trevorblake.com, T-R-E-V-O-R, T-R-E-V-O-R G-Blake, because we put the G in there, right? So trevorgblake.com. And um, so you do coaching, you do mentoring and all of that. And I found it interesting of what you charge and and how you donate money um, to either charity or to your uh, medical um, what would you call it? Your your businesses, right? So that it could be no, for no, a no, development all my, and stuff.
2: Yeah, all, all my proceeds from books, courses, coaching, everything that I do, which I do for fun. I, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it. So I think you're probably the same mindset. What's
1: the That's, point a, that's how fun? I say it's fun, right? When you do what yeah. you love, you're not working a day in your life, right?
2: <laughs> right. So so everything everything all, all my proceeds go to cancer research and development or to my, I have an animal, sign. I'm Your like animal sanctuary. Your an
1: animal sanctuary, right? Center, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah.
2: You know, so, uh, so, you know it, it's a great thing. It's like a win, 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 because, you know, I I, I, I want to, sh- I've been so blessed to be successful in, in as p- other people would describe success. It's good. It feels good to pass that information on and then see other people succeed. And in doing that, when, the, when you know, money is just another form of energy, it, it has to flow. So, that, so as money flows, then animals or cancer patients benefit. It's just it, it's just you know a full circle thing that it, it particularly appeals to me. So it works well.
1: And it, it appeals to me, and I also agree with you. It really divides the wheat from the chaff because um, when whatever fee that you charge, it's so interesting. It's like if people don't pay for something, they're not valuing it. And uh, I I really well I have a charity so. Obviously, I'm of the same mindset of you. Is it's so important to give back, and it creates that full circle. Well, Trevor, it's such uh, fun talking to you. I could talk to you for such a long time. Yeah, do you want <laughs> exactly. to share what your new venture is, or is that not uh, shareable at this point?
2: No, sorry. So I'm really into um, developing cancer treatments that have no side effects. Right now, um, oh, that's is that a good upon my- one. Yeah, it's based on my experience as a kid, you know, when my mother died of breast cancer. She handled her cancer with great dignity, but the side effects of the treatment really, really, you know, stole her grace and then um, and stole her womanhood. So all my life, I've been passionate about developing treatments that are effective but don't have side effects. And it, you know, most people would say that's absolutely impossible. You're never going to get it. But we're there already. So we have, we have, I have uh, two companies, and both of them are running clinical trials very aggressive advanced cancers and we're doing, we're seeing great data and no side effects. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm
1: well, kudos I'm, I'm, to you I'm, because I keep a big my feet C. on the ground. Yeah. Okay. The big C is, is I think every family has horror Everyone's stories to, to, yeah, yeah to, tell about that and to be able to treat a cancer or to cure it would be amazing but to not have the side effects while you're going through it would be just um you know really unbelievable so i think what you're doing is you're seeing the invisible to create the impossible and i love that because you will create it there's always a way there's nothing you know the sky's the limit right and why not just just and because it hasn't been done before impossible. doesn't mean it can't be.
2: <laughs> no, exactly. And I don't I don't believe anything's impossible. We just haven't figured it out yet typically. So that's right.
1: Fig- that's, figuring it out requires
2: right. a, a team and you just pull up you pull a bunch of people together and you get passionate about it and before you know it, it who doesn't it matter who has the idea, but somebody has the idea and and, and you're off on another adventure.
1: Right. You're making the impossible possible because there is no impossible. Well, Trevor, yeah. it's a, a delight to talk with you. Uh, Please go to TrevorGBlake.com, and you can find out about his coaching, his mentorship, everything about what he's doing, and also pick up copies of his book, Secrets to a Successful Startup, A Recession-Proof Guide to Starting, Surviving, and Thriving in Your Own Venture. And it really is a step-by-step. And we didn't even get to the fun stories you have in here of so many Uh, people uh, who who are thriving today. And one of my favorites, besides the Richard Branson story, Trevor, is I still can't, it's still amazing to me how much the third um, startup investor of Apple Computer would have had had he not sold it for $800, his (laughs) one-third share, after a couple of weeks. That I I was like, oh my gosh. Because Apple is like, that is my major investment apple and i just oh gosh but i'm glad that he hopefully he started many other businesses and he's doing great
2: well thank you investment in his own right that's for
1: sure yes i think so so trevor again a best of success i don't even have to say that but i look forward to hearing more about you trevorgblake.com uh, the book Secrets to a Successful Startup. Thanks so much Trevor this is Cynthia Bryan you're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice American Network. Don't go away we have a little bit more to go. Be the star you
0: are The star you Change your life. voiceamericaempowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Whatever your goal, just go for it. All things, even what seems impossible, can be accomplished when you take a few important steps. Visualize the prize, identify a specific goal, imagine yourself achieving it in every detail. For example, if you want to be a professional speaker, see yourself speaking to thousands of people, making a difference in their life. Write down your visualizations, repeat them to yourself every day, and as you do, your belief and confidence in yourself will grow. Choose a role model. Inspirational role models demonstrate possibilities and provide invaluable sources for motivation, for strength, and for hope. Keep reminders of your goals, your dreams on cards, on post-it notes. Put them where you're going to see them often. The refrigerator, the dashboard, the mirror, your computer, wherever it is that you are looking. And pick yourself up after a setback. See mistakes as opportunities to learn and develop new strategies. Mistakes are inevitable, they're valuable, and they're essential for growth. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style Productions. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Brian with an I, CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The
0: star you are. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376-376, Moraga, California, 94556. bethestarur.org. Dare to care.
1: Well, we're back. I'm still Cynthia Bryan, and I hope you enjoyed the interview with Trevor. You know, there's only so much you can get to on an interview, but the book is so, so intriguing and if you are looking forward to starting your own business or you have a great idea and you just want to jump in right now uh, this uh, would be the book for you secrets to a successful startup and he just has lots of stories of you know mega millionaires billionaires today and how they started in their garage or their home and what got started but i love the idea that you know if you have passion there is that possibility So I was talking about uh, rats, and it turns out that Trevor uh, was born in a rat year, which a rat year is a really great year. I know that most of us don't want rats around our house, but but when it comes to being born in a rat year, if you have that, you have a lot going for you already. The rat is the first of the 12 zodiac animals, and what it does is it rules your career and your life journey. So there's always gonna be lots of opportunities to earn more money, to advance in your career path. Now, since we're in a rat year, you don't have to be born in it to uh, have these opportunities. So you're just gonna have to embrace it, right? So uh, in life, we're asked to face challenges, and we can turn those challenges into opportunities, especially in a rat year. So we have to remain positive, resilient, and of course, hardworking. And rats have a lot of tenacity, right? They are hardworking and they're very speedy. So we want to be um, tenacious and we want to speed towards our work, which will mean we are always busy, but it's important to practice Last year's pig energy, because last year was the year of the pig, and that as the pig was a year of work and life balance. So we need to stay focused as well. Now, one thing that Trevor talks about in his book, and when you read about him, you'll find out that his whole idea of working is to work five-hour days. Now that has not been my thing. I I work longer hours, but I but I still think I have a work life balance. But for him it was 5-hour days and by reading the book maybe you can get that into your work life balance. So we need to stay focused. We need to get a grip on and better manage our exposure to social media and our screens, our screen devices. Because um, otherwise, our serenity and our concentration are going to be dimmed. Now, the rat is a social and warm-hearted creature. I guess that's what I want to call it. So this means that you will deepen your relationships, or you have the opportunity to deepen relationships this year and experience... a positive renewal, and to be more committed to things. So you will do well to focus on your mate and your mate's needs, not just on yourself. And there will also be some opportunities for successfully finding new love this year if you're not in a relationship now, if you're unattached, and you're really looking for a uh, partner in life this could be the year for you. So family time is gonna factor largely in this year. So start planning holidays, trips, and um, and put it on your calendar time to spend with your family and with your loved ones, because in a rat year, anything that's family oriented is going to be just blissful. This is also a great year if you're thinking about getting married. Um, this is a, also a year for babies, uh, since rats reproductive prowess is quite significant. It's kind of like rabbits. So this could be a year for births. in fact one of my good friends um, their son just found out that they're having twins so they're talking about prolific twins. Wow. now health will be good if we remember to keep moving. Just like always we have to get regular exercise you have to refrain from junk food and you have to eat a healthy diet. and equally important is your personal care. so remember that you are always number one. And even though we have a fast-paced year, you have to take time for rest, rejuvenation, and a deepening knowledge of spending time with yourself and also with family. So the energetic signature of this year, of 2020, is going to include Rat's Love for Learning and acquiring wisdom and then offering guidance and collectively ignoring, uh, we don't wanna ignore, let's say we wanna ignore all the things that are negative, but collectively accumulate and go to the positive. We have to be aware of our responsibility to the climate, aware of our responsibility to listening to science. We have to have some good financial planning And we don't wanna be out of alignment with nature because uh, that will create problems. And in general, if we also work to avoid rats' shortcomings and faults such as greediness, stubbornness, wordiness, timidity, eagerness for power and deviousness, we don't wanna be gossipers at all this year. And then if we ignore those things, stay away from those, then we can have a successful new beginning for this whole year. Now, while you're preparing your home for 2020, you want to quiet your mind, you know, get calm, create a clear intention of letting go, release anything from last year that doesn't serve you anymore and visualize new beginnings. And this is also a why I think it's a great time for a startup. As Tra- Trevor was saying, there isn't a better time to start a business as the present time. And you can do it very, very quickly. So as you prepare to, uh, to clean out things, do so with the motivation of releasing the old energy and fulfilling, welcoming new energy for the new year and as i told you already how to sell things you'll want to declutter do a visual space clearing of your home you know walk through your home and walk through your life in your mind and then donate old clothes shoes any of that discard anything that you don't want open your windows and doors and let in some fresh air and some sunshine take a walk in nature. And I have just written a new article about nature, which you'll be able to find at uh, cynthiabryan.com And that is going to help you a lot for the year. So is um, enjoy being a metal rat this year and look for success because you do have the secret to success. Thank you for being great listeners, allowing me to be with you every Wednesday live on Voice America Empowerment from four to five. Make sure you're always tuned in here because you can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. And you can live the life you desire. For more information about me and Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. I hope you'll get involved with Be The Star You Are charity. It's the beginning of the year. Make a donation and make what, decide to make one on a monthly basis. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's pretty easy. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you, cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life because this moment is all we have out of the 1,440 seconds in every day, we only have this second. And read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. Consider picking up secrets to a successful startup. You will uh, not regret it. And until we get together next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. For Star Style, I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream. Create. Inspire, make a difference, and make this year the best year of your life. Thanks for joining me. We'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Empowerment Channel. Star Style, be the star you are. Thank you. Be the star you are. The
0: star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com and to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week be the star you are